Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome everybody back into another great, exciting, and wonderful Unrelated at Birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams coming to you live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, all the way at the top of the state. I said that already in the wonderful Unrelated at Birth podcast studios. As always, I have brought along my friend from the House of Mouse, no longer the neighborhood without a red light. He is now in Lakeland, the one, the only, the phenomenal brother, Adam Adam Joseph Russell. That going on almost Jofus. Adam Jofus, that's me. Yeah, we and, have and, relocated, my friend. Yeah. How did I mess mess up Adam Jofus? What's what's wrong with that? You were on a roll, man. You were on a roll. I think you were distracted by the uh, third wheel we have this week. I look, I, Matt. Matt Scudrich, everybody. I, he's dying Hi. down here. Uh, apparently, Matt does not like my energetic introduction. No, no, it wasn't you. It was Adam. He's over there mouthing it as you're saying it, like he was saying it. And I was like, Adam could never be that excited if he tried. So it just, I just lost it. Like, okay. I just lost okay. it. Now, okay. Now that you said that, Adam, yeah. I want you to try it. You want me to try it? Hi, folks. Welcome to Unrelated Birth. <laughs> it's no, me, no, 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 no. The I phenomenal you... brother, Adam Ruffle. I want to see if you. I want to see if you could do it. And welcome, everybody, back into another episode of Unrelated to Birth. I am your host, the Golden Voice of the South, Dave Adams. Like that. See, it's not genuine, though. It's not genuine. It's, it just sounds yeah, like, like I'm doing a voice. And welcome everybody back to another great, exciting, and wonderful Unrelated at Birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color. You, come on, man. It's not that hard. Yeah, but it's your thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt, we got a, a question for you from I, the I know. People. I was going to I was gonna answer it like this. It's not okay. an S. It is an S. It's not an S. It stands for it's, hope. It stands for hope. There. Boom. It's for my last name. Yeah. Uh, when we got married, my wife was very confused because she went from Mall M O L L to Scunrich. So she's like, "Well, if I just have the S everywhere, it saves me a letter." Wait, 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 wait. Her last name was Mall. Yeah. Not like Darth Mall. Not. I was gonna say, if my last name was Mall, I would Darth Mall. I would Every, legally if, change my name to Darth. If it, if his. <laughs> If his last name was Maul, everywhere Dave walked in, he would play the Duel of the Fates on his phone every time he entered a room. La, la, <laughs> That's la, what he would do. I mean, you, you couldn't get away from it. Uh, all right, so what are we here for? Why is Matt here, Adam? Matt's here because he's a friend of ours. He, he wants to talk. 
Adam doesn't answer me on Facebook though. When I put him in a little group with us, he ignored me. He did it last hurt my week. Feelings. Yeah, yeah, Adam. He, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Last week he did send us an article on the topic we're talking tonight, and and you 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 ignored him. Hardcore. I felt. I don't, I felt, I don't see that. Here, let me find it. I will. I will show you. I don't doubt you. I mean, I just don't see. It. <clears throat> I even commented to Dave. I'm like, man, maybe I should not stir the pot so hard on the on the page because Adam doesn't like me anymore. It was July. Adam, Adam 5th. Hart is, I don't see anything on July 5th on my feed. I see June 10th, June 11th, June 23rd, Thursday, Friday, and Monday. Facebook. And I can I can hold this up too and show you too, man. There it is. I don't yeah. doubt it. I just don't see it. <laughs> And I, this isn't the first time you so you've sent reply. Story. Reply something. I did. I just tagged you. Hey, Adam. I don't. I don't have any. Hang on, wait. Oh, because <laughs> it's a message request. What are we not oh. friends on Facebook? Do you not? Oh, sad. I'm trombone. only friends with Blair. Apparently, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sad trombone. Okay, I, I now see what's going on. I'm <laughs> so this podcast took a turn for the worst. Um, there we oh, go. There, Can you see there that? There, yes. Adam <laughs> just finally responded. This is why I don't do social media. It's like, oh, you didn't click the thing, the thing, and I don't know. <laughs> we still love you, Adam. All right, why are we here, Adam? We're here to talk to Matt. We already covered that. Yeah. But why are we talking to Matt? I mean, we Matt had Matt? Matt shared an article. Related to this, you guys had a conversation, I believe. So I'm, I'm this is all hearsay because you guys have separate conversations without me tag, evidently. Well, because no, no we do, because oh. Dave doesn't have a real job and he just <laughs> randomly throughout the day. My Xbox battery is dying doing the work day today. <laughs> I'll message him in the middle of the day. Hey, man, your church service was pretty good, except for this part. And he'll write back, really? What time frame was that? Oh, yeah. Except yeah, for the part where they weird. said you, you have to drink. That's a whole other episode. Um, we'll have Abon for that one. <laughs> so we're here to talk Harry Potter, and the the name of Virgil the read I... the article. Virgil read the article. Yes, he did. See, Virgil reads everything. So the the episode, the title I gave the episode on the intro video was Harry Potter and the Hidden Gospel. Ooh, that was an excellent. Thank you. Title. The point is that there is a hidden Christian undertone throughout the book series. And so we're going to dissect that a little bit tonight. And I, 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 it could be made that it shows up in the movies as well. Matt, you know, you are the one that has this hypothesis, and I think that you wrote uh, wrote some papers in college about this, didn't you? No, I I went to Bible college, but I always got told like, oh, you can't you can't watch Harry Potter. It it's not a Christian film. They they perform magic. And at the time, I had never heard or seen the Chronicles of Narnia. I, mind you, I got saved at 17, so I'm 34. So you can figure out I haven't been saved that long. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I, when the Chronicles of Narnia movies came out a little bit into my Bible college, and I'm like, that chick just performed magic. Wait, you're telling me I can't watch <laughs> Harry Potter because there's magic? And that chick just froze somebody with magic? What kind of double standard crazy world am i living in and so yeah i started a bunch of arguments with people you started arguing no. With I, yeah no, no. yeah I don't, I, don't I, I don't either so so i tell almost me got about, kicked out of school twice so it was fun it was totally worth it 
I need, I need, you, you can't just leave us with that <laughs> nugget and, and, and say, so, oh, I almost got kicked out of school. We'll talk so, later. So the best one was you had to write, I was single. I was not married. Okay. And I was working at the church with Adam's kids and Adam, when him and his wife would sing amazingly on the praise team. <clears throat> it was good times back then. Flattery will get you nowhere, sir. Listen, Blair can sing well. Adam, we just tolerate him because of Blair. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you have no idea how many times that's true in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even so with anyway, his best friend. I mean, <laughs> so we had to write a paper on something that was not in the Bible, but all Christians should believe it. Right. So, pick a theology that you may not necessarily find hard set scriptures for, but you should believe it. And I was single and the teacher goes, you should write about dating. And I'm like, dating. And he goes, yeah, dating. And I'm like, what, what about dating? I don't, I don't. And he's like, I don't know. I just think of something. So I was doing some youth stuff and some stuff came up about like, you know, when you're married and you have married privileges. And so my paper was basically how far is too far in dating. And so I basically made the conclusion that you probably shouldn't kiss as a guy on a date because your mind starts to wander. And if your mind wanders too far, if you think it, it's a sin. So therefore, you're really committing adultery against your future wife. And I concluded my paper by saying, and if you think this is bad, divorced people should never get remarried. And I and I made it sound bad, even though... I don't necessarily believe it, but you have to pick like hard lines, right? In the sand, <laughs> like a day walking away. So I picked the hard line and I just wanted to leave the paper with like an edgy hard line. Like if I have to write another paper, this is what it's going to be about. Well, I printed this paper at school because it was free and it was 10 pages about how far is too far. This chick who has been married and divorced got my paper, decided to read it. And report me to the school for being offensive and, you know, putting her down and da 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 da. And we had to go meet like with a bunch of people over this paper. Wow. Oh it was God. a lot of fun. And the one teacher in my in the meeting looked at him and goes, "Did you guys read Matt's paper?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, "And?" They're like, "It's very Matt." Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter if I agreed with the teacher or not. I That's would funny. specifically take the opposite viewpoint because I'm like the teacher reads a thousand papers a year about, uh, I don't know, like baptism is something that must be done when you're an adult and only an adult. So I would like argue, Oh no, it's gotta be an infant baptism. And here's why, like I would just take the complete opposite view of the class just because it was fun. Right. But yeah. Fun. So that yeah. Was, that's the word for it. That, <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. Listen, when you do the same, like, I hate to say theology doesn't change because it doesn't, right? Like, what are we still arguing about today? Oh, is it Calvinism or Arminianism? Like, pff, holy crap, we've been on this argument for <laughs> 200 years. Wow, you're on the right show with that one, man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's Calvinism in Harry Potter. We're going to talk about why it's wrong. See? We're, oh. We're doing- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so... <sighs> We, uh, you know, you just pick like, okay, so I went to a Christian church, Church of Christ, and they believe in their doctrine, baptism is necessary for salvation. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And my one teacher was like, well, why do you say that? And uh, 
So <laughs> I'm laughing so hard at Jeffrey's comment. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I just Matt's was obviously like, a witch with all this pot stirring. Oh, like, would oh, it be I a see. warlock or a witch? But I'd be I a warlock. Feel, I feel that if your theology doesn't hold up to an extreme view that has to fit your theology, then it's wrong. So here is my example with, with baptism. So if I do a prison ministry on Saturday at 5 o'clock at night, and Joe Blow over here decides he's going to pray to receive Christ, and his roommate that night shanks him because he prayed to receive Christ and he's now forgiven, does he go to heaven or hell because he didn't get baptized on Sunday morning? And my teacher's like, well, I'm like, oh, no, your theology says A plus B equals saved. Therefore, that dude went to hell. <laughs> like, let's just be clear. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's one of the reasons we went to a church there in town for a while. And then we discovered along the way that they believed baptism was required. And when you well, ask that you kind of a question, yeah, when you ask that kind yeah. of a question, they, the answer always is, well, that's a that's a thing you that would never happen to you. Never happen to anybody. You know, it's a edge case. And it's like, yeah, but if I'm sharing the gospel to anybody I come in contact with, that may be relevant to them. And I need to be able to answer that question because yeah, I don't know and, who I'm sharing the gospel with tomorrow. You know? Right. And, so, and that's the and that's the problem. You and I see – I mean Dave just sees his four walls apparently. But you and I see thousands of people a day. So you don't know who you're going to see and talk to. That's true. Yeah. And, Dave and, used to see thousands of people a day and then – Now he sees his cat. And now I'm yeah. Now all I see is a stupid cat. A stupid day. So I don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So we were like way off topic here. Oh, I dude, That's, I love it. Welcome, Welcome to the show. The show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Before we start and get and dive into it, Adam, I have a funny story to tell you. So instead of really texting, Matt and I will send Facebook voice messages back and forth because he's usually driving and and not want to text. So he'll he'll do a voice memo and send it and so this morning he sends me a memo and says hey so i'm still waiting on an outline you know do, do y'all have an outline that y'all do uh i i sent one back and said outline what are you talking about this is just a stream of consciousness podcast it's like oh there's a topic we'll kind of orbit that topic at like a high high altitude yeah yeah that's good no show prep yeah, uh, here you go. Jeffrey Martin says, "Church I go to, baptism is only a visible representation to others and not an absolute." Uh, now, <clears throat> here's where I would say I somewhat agree with him, Jeff. Just to stir the pot, some. If you, as a Christian, are not willing to be baptized in a public setting, I would then start to question if you really believe what you believe, and if you're really saved. It only because if if Jesus Christ is really your Lord and Savior. Wouldn't you be willing to do anything he tells you? And if you're not willing to be baptized, then do you really believe what you said you believe? Yeah. So I have issues with it. And John MacArthur writes a great book on it. Um, it's old, but it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll figure the. I'm going to Google it now because I can't remember. He, look, he's oh, going to be halfway through the show and he'll be. Oh, there's the book. There it is. But no. uh, it's one thing Jesus did oh, command. Gospel it. according to Jesus. Okay. I mean, I, I believe he commanded it. I think everyone kind of believes and would nod their head that, he, that Jesus commanded it. But does commanding mean that it was a requirement for salvation? Well, here's that's okay. the logical leap that folks make that, that, that I don't think. Now, because if you look at the verses, let me finish this real quick. Sorry, Matt. If you if you look at the verses that they give when they justify that, if you hold that up against other verses that don't mention salvation, does that mean that those verses are incomplete? 
or that don't mention baptism as a requirement for salvation, does that mean that those are incomplete? And that can't be the case. It's all true all the time, and it's all complete yeah. all the time. So if it's not consistent, then how can it be mandatory? Now, in Acts, I don't think there's one case in the book of Acts where baptism and salvation are not mentioned together. Matter yeah. of fact, I think mm -hmm. all the people who are saved in the book of Acts are immediately baptized. Yeah. So when you look at those large numbers, it, it becomes like, okay, baptism has to have some kind of very significant meaning here. But I'm with you. There's a couple passages outside of Acts that I'm like, but it doesn't mention it. So, yeah. and, and and it's one of those things too where I'm just like, hmm, is well, it not Acts, mentioned? Go ahead, sorry. I, I just wonder if it's like, is it not mentioned just because they didn't write it down or, and they still did it? Like, what's the deal? Like, you well, know. Well, I, I heard somebody say the other day Acts is not where in a book of theology, it's a book of recounting what the, what the apostles did immediately following to spread the word throughout the land. But that's not where you go to get your theology per se. You get that, gives you the context of all the books around it would give you the theology that you take from you it, not just Acts in a vacuum. And I think people do take Acts in a vacuum and get their yeah. theology from that. And I think you have to broaden the perspective a little bit to truly get the context. of. So what what is the Westminster Confession of Faith say about uh, baptism? <clears throat> What's funny is I, I flipped to the Westminster, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I flipped to the baptism section as soon as I opened it. Um, so well worn section. Yeah. Well, yes. Westminster Confession of Faith is, you know, it's the what PCA and and very conservative branches of Christianity use. Um, it's sprinkling. They 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 do babies. Yeah. And and the whole sprinkling thing drives me nuts too. I mean, <laughs> Jesus was slam dunked in the water. You should be slam dunked so, in the water. That's just the so, answer. Right. Right. I, I yeah. see. I, I see. We are way off topic, by the way. We haven't um, even started the topic. <laughs> I don't I know. Know. You can't topic get off is. something you haven't even been to. I, know. I, I see both camps. I do. I truly do. Because there is no now, new, name one example in the Bible. There where they is sprinkle. no New Testament sign of circumcision. The way that the that the Confession of Faith says it is this is. The it is the New Testament sign of circumcision. Uh, what are you doing, Adam? No, it's Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey, the, man, nailed that comment. Confession of faith. Oh, oh. oh that was anyway. Epic. It is the Jeffrey's my hero. Posture. They see it as yeah, New Testament sign of circumcision. But to y'all's point, Jesus began his ministry by being baptized. So, you know, yeah, but, I, but I, if you if if you believe baptism is a is a act of a profession of faith to show before men that you're dead to your old self rising to new life. Right. Following see, the tradition, a baby can't do that. That's the a baby difference. hasn't reached any kind of discernment of what that that's, means. That's and, the difference, what baptism means to Presbyterians or those that sprinkle versus what baptism means to those that don't. To the, those that sprinkle, baptism is... Be it's the old laying on, you know, laying of oil, setting this baby aside, you know, setting this baby aside for God. Do you God's know why family. the Catholics baptize infants? Why? Because if they die, they believe the infant that isn't baptized goes to hell. Yeah, see, that's that's. I don't agree with that. Can, can I be honest for a second, and maybe this will help us get to the topic if I give just an aside here. <laughs> We're talking about dunk and sprinkle. I just want donuts again. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Back to the pre-show. I just want donuts. And if you yeah. didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, folks out in audio land, you should watch us on Facebook. We had quite the conversation before we started the podcast. I could go yes. for anyway. a glazed donut with sprinkles. Y'all are killing me. All right, Harry Potter. Matt, how is Harry Potter a Christian a Christian book? I just want donuts now. I can't think. I just want a donut. <laughs> donut. I How just is want a Harry frosting cream with the chocolatey frosting on it, the vanilla mm. cream filling? I'm muting him right now. He is done talking about. See, donuts. and and I'm, I've got a double issue because not only are we saying don't sprinkle, now we're talking about donuts. My ring light looks like a donut. It's just, it's getting out of hand, guys. All right, I'm so, already out of Mountain Dew and green tea, so we have a problem. Yeah, you have a big problem. Now we do. All right, so. I when I first started watching Harry Potter, I was not a Christian, right? So let's set that up, right? So it was, I did not read the books till they came. The first movie came out when I was in ninth grade. So this girl at the time was like, "Hey, you want to go to the movies with me?" And I'm like, "Do what? Why would I want to go to the movies with you?" And somebody else was like. <laughs> She wants to go on a date with you, idiot. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we can go to the movies. What do you want to see? She's like, Harry Potter. And I'm like, Harry what? And so I went and saw the first movie with no idea what it was. I mean, none. And I laughed. And I'm like, oh, it was a pretty good film. So then I got the books and read the books as they came out because, you know, that's what you did in high school. And when I got saved later, I realized, wow, there was a lot of Harry Potter that very much referenced Christianity. And even if you watch just the first film, you you pick it up right away because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Harry Potter is the flip of that, right? His parents loved him so much. They were willing to die to save their son. And Dumbledore even says in the first film, the reason you lived was because of your parents' love. Yeah. So love is what saved him and love's what saved us. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Rob Bell does with the book Love Wins, which is horrible trash. And if you believe that, we can have a theological conversation about that later. But it's it's all about love, right? And and the love he has. And, and the book just keeps going from this very basic Christianity of self-sacrifice to save your friends. And it just builds the entire time. Um, and I meant, I sent them an article and it even talks about how JK Rowling said that if you've even attended one small Sunday school class, you'll just instantly see the whole books are based off Christian hmm. beliefs. And I think that's pretty much true. So what do you say to people who, you know, like, like that you're, you're, your person from Bible college or whoever that said, Oh, it's got magic and wizards and all the, you can't, you can't watch this as a Christian. Uh, I, I agree. Seeing all these, you know, it, it's got the same Aslan feel to it. That what language in the wardrobe has. So what do you, how, how did we get to the point to where Christians say magic equal bad, but miracles from Aslan equal good. In C.S. Lewis's you know, line, which in the wardrobe, I don't know, and that's what bothers me, right? So, you have this stance of, oh well, and I think it goes back to the authors, realistically. You know, C.S. Lewis was a devout Christian and and wrote these books, and I'm like, 
Yeah, if you wouldn't have told me the Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe was Christian, I would have missed it. Like, I watched the film three times, and I'm like, the only thing I caught Christian about it is Aslan going, oh, deep old magic is what saved me. And I'm going, well, oh, okay there, wizard man. Well, Thank you. But, but <laughs> he, he also he also lays down his life for the, yeah. the brothers yeah, and sisters and raises again after the table and... I agree, but that's the only scene in the entire thing that has any Christian reference. I mean, Harry Potter from the beginning of the movie, when Hermione comes in and Malfoy goes, "Oh, you filthy mudblood," he's basically saying, "Oh, you're not a you're not a Jew. I, I'm not talking to you. You're a Gentile. Be gone. You have no right to any of this magic. Mm. You have the whole Jew and Gentile structure yeah. set up." Yeah, and, and I but, guess. You you could call Voldemort the Philistines. Yeah, I mean he's just in it for the badness, right? I mean it's it's very interesting if you start placing people. I mean we could categorize them as bad as you did the hat thing. I mean I think Adam won the hat challenge by a long shot after listening <laughs> to that podcast. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you say then that the Ministry of Magic was the Pharisees? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, kind of a blind devotion to an old way of doing things and disregarding all of the evidence that was in front of them about what was changing, you know? Yeah. I mean, mean, you could go there. Well, and and one of the things in that article you sent to Matt about the magic and is it good or bad was that you have Tolkien writing The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series. You had C.S. Lewis with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the Narnia series. And it said in there that one of the justifications people had for being okay with those is that they're in a world that is removed from ours. But the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and Harry Potter are fairly similar in that there is a hidden world that you go through something to get to. So the the children in both live in our world. The kids in, in the Narnia series go through a wardrobe. The kids in the Harry Potter series go through a wall. So you're still taking a magical portal to leave this world to get into something hidden from everyone else, you know? So I I don't know that I buy that justification, but at the same time, it's like, what kind of magic should we stay away from? What should we as Christians run from when it comes to magic? If not Harry Potter, then where would we draw that line? So Matt, I know where you're going with this. I know what you're about to say. Remember the company that Adam works for. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. It's okay. It's all right. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you work at Disney. At what point do you just go, oh, well, I shouldn't go here because it's it's all magic and hi- hyperbolas. And Well, okay, I thought you were about to talk about a certain movie. No. Uh, well, I was going to talk about The Princess and the Frog. Being well, that's, the most, that's... Yeah, but, I mean, The Princess and the Frog is bad, but all Disney movies are bad. Frozen 2. Oh, I have some spirit calling me, right? Oh. Like, yeah. at what point do you go, oh, wait, that's a spirit calling her. That's not God. We're putting another God before us. Oh, that's breaking the first commandment. Oh, let's just leave. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, but, at, so, where, where are you going to draw the line yourself? And mm-hmm. I wasn't really going to go to Disney, but you made me go there. I was I, actually going to say my response to them was, tell me the last 10 movies you saw. And I would yeah. listen very carefully without missing a beat. I would then Google them and be like, oh, that one was rated R. You really think that movie was appropriate for you to see? It had this many F-bombs, this many A-bombs, this many S-bombs. Oh, it had nudity in it, right? You think you should look at other people nude who aren't your spouse, right? And I would just make yeah. them feel so shamed 
they went and saw this rated R movie, and the guy's like, well, how'd you know? I'm like, well, one, I saw it, and two, I just looked it up in LinkedIn, or, <laughs> or whatever it was, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, it's... It's, well, it's, it's like music, too, right? If you, if you really listen to the lyrics and the meaning behind half of the stuff that we have on in the background most of our day, and just going to the barbershop or the grocery store or something like that, it's a lot of stuff there we should run from, too. But are we leaving the grocery store because a Madonna song comes on? I can't listen to this. And you're running like out of the store, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's just, yeah, I think a lot of that, you know, even back to like the Southern Baptist convention boycotting Disney, which they walked away from later on. It's just, which of those are truly, we're standing on a true and right viewpoint and perspective. And it's just that it's magic. So therefore it must be bad. So Jeffrey has a good question. And was Chronicles written specifically for a Christian's perspective and promoted that way? Uh, whereas it was, more hidden and innuendoed in Potter. He's asking seriously as it was grade school when I read Chronicles. I, I don't, first off, I wasn't alive. None of us were alive when Chronicles were written. Um, C.S. Lewis, if you haven't read anything from C.S. Lewis, he is a Christian author. Uh, Screwtape Letters is... Yeah, uh, how is that allowed to be read as a Christian? Oh, let's have a devil and a demon talk together and call I it love that book, though. I, it oh, is a I good love book. that book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis has made, you know, he is a out there saying he is a Christian author or was a Christian author. Um, I don't know per se if it was marketed as a Christian book. I believe it was because I was five years old and my dad set me on his knee and read all seven of those books. And that's, that's a heavy series. I, I've got it. Now I haven't read it to my girls yet, but it, it it's heavy, uh, and yes, it is marketed. It's as a Christian movie, Christian series. How it's any different in my oh. mind than Potter? But mere Christianity came out in forty three. Screw tape letters came out in forty two. Narnia wasn't released until fifty. Okay, so he had established his, his genre, you know. So yeah. Uh, here you go, Carly, who's a friend of the show, friend of mine from high school. Lewis was Episcopalian, and yes, it is a Christian book. So let me let me dive into that this topic just for another few minutes, and then we can move on to another point. But you brought it up earlier, Matt, that it is true. You know, Dave, you didn't watch He-Man growing up, right? Because right. of the sword and the power being in the sword and not God and all that stuff. For our kids, though, especially, you know, me working for Disney, Dave, you're at Disney all the time. We allow that. Yeah. And I, I see things like that. There, there's a line, of course, you have to draw. But I see that as an opportunity that if if you present it to them as something that's magic and it's therefore bad, that's one way to approach it. But another is if you let them watch it and enjoy it, but at the same time as a parent, you're guiding them that you know that kind of magic doesn't really happen and that's not, you know, but you point this kind of thing out to them. Look what Harry did that's similar to what Christ did or look what this is that's similar to what the Bible says. You can use it as a teaching tool instead of yeah. running from it, you know, and that's what we try to do. But again, you draw a line somewhere. You can't go watch the Bourne identity with your kids and be like, oh, here's what Jason Bourne did. You know, that was like Jesus or Jurassic Park with a six year old. You know, you can't really do that. But there's some things like this that I think are mostly harmless, at least for the first few movies with young kids, where you can use it as an opportunity to share some of the tough stuff we're talking about. You know. And I and I'm not going to say Harry Potter does not get very dark and demonic as the books move on. Sure. But 
based on the progression, the way the gospel works, it gets dark and demonic, right? Like, they start really torturing these people after Christ is raised. I mean, what apostle had a great life after Christ died, right? Like, yeah. they were, they all had horrible, horrible deaths. But yeah. I'm with you. Um, my son is four, and he thinks superheroes are the greatest thing ever. And I really haven't watched Iron Man with him or the Avengers or anything else because he's four. Like, whatever. Yeah. We'll just play with him. And the other day I was watching when I had COVID. Well, it wasn't the other day. It was like four months ago now. When I was stuck home with COVID for two weeks, there's nothing to do. So I watched all the Marvel movies in chronological order. And I'm like, these are the top selling box office movies in history, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think each one of them kept setting new records as they went on. I laugh so hard when the Hulk is smashing Loki around and he walks away and he goes, puny God. And I'm like, huh, well, where's all these Christians protesting this? Right? Yeah. You got and then at the table of of the Avengers, you've got Captain America, who's a good old Christian boy from the South, right? You've got guys from New York. Come on. You've got <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, Tony Stark, who's a devout atheist who doesn't care about anything else except money, and he's a man whore. <laughs> yeah. um, you have the Hulk guy, who's a scientist who probably doesn't believe in God because he's so wrapped up in science that it, it just doesn't matter. Then you have Thor, who is a god, and Loki, who's a god. It's like, what kind of Christian example is this? You know, and, and yet, I... I it's just crazy. And and what does Loki do to get all the people to kneel in that one scene in the Avengers? What is it that he uses? What's that word? Um, it starts with magic. Magic. That's magic. the one. Yeah. That's the one. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carly has a good point here. Compare Star Wars to Christianity. As we grew up, now it's Harry Potter. It's the same thing. I mean, Star Wars has that same. I don't threat. feel like Star Wars is nearly as in depth as Harry Potter is, though. It's not. It's not. I mean, yeah. I truly, you know, after after you and I started this conversation, Matt, I, I went back and, and I didn't read the books again. About I didn't watch the Locker. movies again, but I'm sorry. But I, I, you know, I went back and looked at, you know, some some articles and stuff. And you are spot on. And, and, you know, Adam, you were talking about how, and I think, Matt, you said it too, spot on how they get darker as the books progress. Mm -hmm. But you have to truly get to that last book Harry lays down his life for his friends. Which it was predestined. So there's Calvinism right there. Calvinist! Harry Potter is a Calvinist, y'all. He's a five-point die in the wall. He pretty Four much more. is a five-point. Because, um, you know, he was born with... He was born and then took on Voldemort and he had to be killed. He had to have the sin in his life killed by the person who put this sin in his life in order to save himself because he was being tormented by the evil inside himself that he got. Tulip, baby. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's absolutely the dumbest point of hey. Calvinism of all time. But whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. hey, at least Harry Potter, at least we know where J.K. Rowling stands. She likes Calvinism yes. so much I, that she killed it. I do want to, uh, you know, she considers herself a Christian. I would like to know what denomination she comes from because she is very Catholic. You think so? Yeah, because it's a big, that's the big, like, England. No, church. England is Church of England. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's Episcopalian, basically. 
Yeah, but I think she's more like Catholic. There's other signs. I just have a feeling that she's more Catholic than anything. She takes some other weird stances when she talks. Let's see what the Google says. Well, and that's really the thing, Matt, to that point. that It's less about what happens in the books and the magic than it is the conversations that, that have come since then. That's where I think most of it is like which character is what and the revisionist history of, oh, I should have made that happen and I missed it, so now I'm going to – I think that's where she's probably got created more of an issue of what most Christians would take a offense to or have a problem with instead of the Wingardium Leviosa yeah. <laughs> or something like that in the books. You know, it's a lot of that stuff it's, that's come it's, after. Uh, ho, ho. It's Wingardia Leviosa, not O. Listen, it's I Leviosa, failed Hooked on Phonics. Hooked <laughs> on Phonics didn't work for me. I'm a Florida public school kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. There you go. We in Adam, I think this is a good time to take a quick break. And uh, your dad has a question. We, have we all we, we, we well, no, it's not a break, but we do. We have a segment every week. Which, if you listen to the show more than a couple of times, Matt, you, you would hear uh, Virgil ask a question segment where he gives well, us a a factoid, and we have to guess what he's factoiding. If you would uh, talk on topics that were born in my generation, I might listen more. <laughs> so here's Virgil asked the question. Neurosurgeon and biomedical engineers have a new term to describe people who are constantly checking, checking, and checking for news, and some of that checking is totally unhelpful. They say our modern lifestyle could be resculpting the circuits in our brains that, evolved, that have evolved over millions of years to help us survive in an uncertain and ever-changing world. The term they use describes the act of endless scrolling through bad news or social media and reading every worrisome tidbit that pops up, a habit that unfortunately seems to have become common during the COVID-19 pandemic. I have a two-part question. One, what is this new term? And number two, are you one of these people? We know Dave is. He lives on I, Facebook. I mean, come on. I don't live on Facebook. I just have it up while I'm working. I I just enjoy Facebook to stir the pot. I could care less if I agree or disagree. I'm just going <laughs> to stir the pot. I'm not going to liberal. This. Okay. Hmm. What do you guys know what the term is? No, I'm, no. It's doom scrolling. Doom oh. scrolling. Doom scrolling. Like when you I'm can't a, stop reading bad news or social media, and it just now, puts stress, stressful stuff in your face all day. Now I enjoy a good bad news post when somebody. Oh no, Matt's frozen. Uh oh. Oh wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. What? My face. And they've. What just happened? Oh, there it is. You just you froze. froze. That was ridiculous. You said, I love a good bad news post, and then it cut you off. <laughs> Did it really? That's awesome. Carly, he kids. We kid. I promise. I promise. I don't kid. I stir the pot. Yes, that's true. Okay. Tell yeah, me what I, you were, I tried you were that, Matt, and I, it, it never works for me. People. Oh, ho hold up now. Wait, hold up, Mr. Hold up, Mr. Twitter. Wait. Mr. Twitter that I enjoyed getting. Uh, Oh, that getting, was different. Uh, I got blocked by Tim Brandon on Twitter. Censoring him. But when you, but when you, <laughs> see, 
But when you do it on Facebook and everybody's like, oh, I don't like your post. You're being mean. It's like, well, you were mean yesterday. So you should see me point? post outside of your little group in some of my automotive groups. <laughs> I really stir the pot. Oh, Lord. This is why I have to censor Matt. Matt Matt will send me a, a no lie, Adam. <laughs> Matt will send me a meme and say, is this okay to post in the group? <laughs> yes, I do do that. And how many, what percentage of the time do you say, uh, no? Actually, I'm I not- usually say, hey, this is pretty funny, but I won't post it in the group. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's about go. 90%. So. <laughs> and then there was one, I'm like, I don't think I should post this. And he's like, do it! <laughs> So I posted it. I mean, you know, every, we have to have some fun in the group. Sure. I didn't post the poop story though. I should have. No, oh, yeah, it was so. <laughs> you need to. You need message that to Adam. He would get a kick out of it. Ooh, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah. It was, it was fun. <laughs> I'm gonna post it to the group. I don't care. All the guys <laughs> will laugh. All the girls will be like, "God, that was dumb." <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, what's funny, Matt, is I read it at first thinking, is this Matt telling me this? (laughs) (laughs) I realized about halfway through it wasn't you. Uh, Anyway, anyway. All right. So let's just let's go ahead and end the the discussion here with the conclusion. Is already what we're done already. Jeez. Well, there'll be more. Don't worry. But yeah, don't worry. Wait, wait, this is more like landing an airplane than it is ending a show. It's like so glide <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> and, and what we do is we'll finish the show. Hey, by the way, if you're not watching us on Facebook, you need to because we'll finish recording the podcast and then we'll just talk about randomness still on Facebook Live with, with everybody else. So we're not done yet. I'm like, if you've ever been on a flight. If you've ever flown back into Orlando International when there was a thunderstorm right over the airport and they make you circle for about 20 minutes before you land, that's what ending this show is. Oh, that's when I'm like puking my brains out from motion sickness and they're like, yeah. we land in the storm! We <laughs> do it! We're out of puke bags! Please, <laughs> save Damn us from this guy! Then it skids off the runway. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, we didn't even get to talk about Purgatory yet, which was like the best scene Go in ahead. the whole movie. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. You know, that's Let's end with the end of the Harry Potter series, and then we'll get a conclusion. So, so go ahead. So spoiler alert in case you haven't seen the films, right? Or read the books by now because you live in a rock. Um, or under a rock. Who, do any of our listeners live in a rock? Uh, you never know. Whatever. Who lives in a pineapple under a sea? <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> that was really okay. impressive. All right. Thanks. So the end of the movie Harry Potter realizes that he is the last Horcrux. Um, He has a a Horcrux. But listen, you probably are one. So he is part (laughs) of Voldemort's soul living in him. And he gets told this through Snape, who gets killed. Um, Which, side note, I think it's fun to talk about. Snape could be Harry Potter's father. Um, Everest Snape. I think I make his point. What? (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm running interference for you, Matt. Okay, so he finds out he's the last Horcrux, and he must die before Voldemort could be killed. And he realizes all his friends are being absolutely obliterated by these evil people who have more strength numbers than he does. So he willingly walks out <clears throat> and goes and fight Voldemort. And what's really interesting about this is he has all three 
of the items so that he won't die. He has the Elder Wand, he has the Resurrection Stone, and he has the Cloak of Invisibility, which very much symbolizes the Trinity in mm -hmm. some aspects with each one of those powers. So, but he realizes that he's ready to die and he's willing to die for his family and he drops the stone and walks on and he goes and faces Voldemort knowing he's going to die and can't be resurrected because he'd rather be with his family who is killed than live in this life. So of course there's this really cool, awesome scene that makes the lightsaber scenes look like crap yeah. and the wands attack. Mm. And then with the, with the, with the exception of Phantom Menace with, uh, Okay. One and yes. Qui Gon and, and Darth Maul. Okay, yeah. Well, it's better than seven, eight, nine, or yeah, whatever the last yeah. three garbage ones were. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> he dies. Adam still doesn't agree with me about that lightsaber battle. Um, he dies and he wakes up in the train station, but it's this white glowing train station, and he's having this conversation with Dumbledore. And there's this ugly little creature under the bench. And Dumbledore says, oh, don't worry about it. He's about to move on. And then Harry Potter asks, well, where am I? And he's like, oh, well, you're between the two worlds. Well, do I have to go back? Well, the choice is yours, right? So basically, Harry's stuck in this purgatory place where he gets to choose. Now, granted, it's not like purgatory like the Bible talks about it um, or doesn't talk about it. Uh, the Catholics talk about it where you get prayed into heaven. It is a purgatory of he's stuck between the worlds. He can't move on to heaven, but he can't really go back to earth quite yet and live out his life. It's his choice. And he, and he chooses to go back because even though he was killed, he knows that Voldemort is still alive and he's the only one who can kill him because he's the only one who has enough love to kill him. And he gained that new love by willingly giving up his life for him. And the love is the ultimate power in Harry Potter. The same way God loved us enough to die for us, Harry Potter loved everybody else enough to go walk out for himself. So I like the ending of the book because I feel it really synops gives a good synopsis of the gospel in about two minutes. Mm. And it's an epic fight scene. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. That's, I, I, wow. Okay. I mean, see, well, is there, so is there anything there? Sorry. As you're, as you're talking through that, I'm thinking through that last like reveal that the elder one never belonged to Voldemort. So it no. truly would never have. So is there anything there? Cause you talked about Harry having all of the deathly hollows. He didn't even know he had the last one. No, he, he didn't realize it, you know? Yeah. He didn't know he had it. And, and even though he had heard the story to me, it's kind of like somebody hearing the gospel for the first time. And they're like, Oh, that's a cool story. Right? Like, they, they, they see the present, they have the present, but they don't accept the present. That yeah. was kind of Harry Potter. He's like, oh, this is cool. I have this stuff. I don't I don't really know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. And, and he just walked away. Like, he didn't understand what he had. Um, which I always thought she would write an, eight, an eighth book. And, like, one of the bad guys would find the Resurrection Stone and resurrect Lord Voldemort. And that's how she'd continue the story. But that never happened. Hmm. Um, but even after Harry dies, Hagrid picks him up and walks over to the castle and they're all weeping that Harry is killed and Voldemort's standing there and going, look, your, your savior is dead. Now what? And come join us. Nobody leaves, right? The only one who leaves is Malfoy and he only leaves because his parents are forcing him to, because yeah. he's a child. He's obeying the fifth commandment of 
honor your mother and father. So he basically does that to honor them. But as soon as Harry Ooh. comes back alive, he walks away with his parents. His parents don't even believe in the evil like they yeah. show they do, right? Yeah. And then there's another battle and and it dies. But there's just so many nuances in it. Like, oh, the phoenix only comes to you if you're worthy and will only help you out if you're worthy. And it shows up over and over for Harry Potter. Oh, the sword of Gryffindor only shows up to those in need, yeah. right? It's like these things almost represent like the Holy Spirit in some aspects where they show up when you need it. You get it when you need it. You can do this because of this, you know? And it's just very interesting how far down the rabbit hole you can go that there's so many Christian nuances. I almost feel like J.K. Rowling took like a Bible college class and was like, hey, let's just make this a <laughs> wizard and call this a cool book. Well, and that's that's what, and I hate to always go back to this because if my parents listen to this, I am so dead. But, you know, they... It was nice knowing you. Don't forget uh, to will me your tops. Yeah, I got you. Um, you know, they... Even now, they, they, they think that I, I've gone down a path because I've watched Harry Potter and I like the Harry Potter stuff. I'm, I, I, my kids love it. I'm showing my kids. I, but it's if they really read into it, as much as they do C.S. Lewis, it's the same dadgum thing. So why are we saying... C.S. and I hate I hate bringing this point back up again because we've hammered it home thousands of times already. C.S. Lewis good, J.K. Rowling bad. Let's go ahead and say this now. They're on the same plane. Well, I think I think you could make that argument. I think that there's a little bit of a difference in the intent. I, I don't know that someone said it earlier in the comments. You can find the Chronicles of Narnia at a Lifeway store. But you're yeah. never going to find Harry Potter a Lifeway store. So what was the intent behind writing it? C.S. Lewis's intent was probably to tell a lot of this story of several books and bring out an allegory of, you know, all the things that had in the Bible and in the gospel, that kind of thing. But I don't know that, that J.K. Rowling specifically would have had that intention. I think it's that explicit intention that creates the separation that folks see, are talking about. You can see similarities but you could say the same thing about Marty McFly and Back to the Future if you want to make a logical leap, you know. And I think you could, you know, kind of do those same things with any movie where someone sacrifices themselves for other people. Yeah, I but think it's the a, intent behind it is probably what a lot of folks like your parents stand on. Yeah, but I, I, not that I agree with it, but I think that's that's where it comes from. But but the whole point of the Chronicles of Narnia and Aslan, right? In the movie, Aslan said, "Oh, it's deep old magic that saved me." And you know what Dumbledore tells Harry Potter? Oh, it's deep old magic that saved you. They literally sure. use the same line. Yeah. 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 I mean. And, and, so let, let's look at it this way. Let's go into music. Eminem. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to see Adam's face. That was worth it. <laughs> Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay wrote a song in the. In the this is way before your time. Plagiarism. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is way before your time, Matt. Jars of Clay wrote a song called "Flood," and it's it's chronicling the Noah's flood, and then it it talks about how it uh it it you know our lives are like that, uh, but. 
it got played and picked up on secular stations. And then they went on and, and made some secular seat albums. So would you consider Jars of Clay a secular band or would you still consider them a Christian band? Uh, Life, was it Lifehouse? Adam? There is a band called Lifehouse. I don't know where you're going with it, though. Yeah. Well, they, they started... They started off as a yeah. Christian band. Yeah. Started uh, off as a Christian band and then went into top 40s. Yeah, so, but, which, but again, I think the intent behind Flood and Love Song for a Savior and some of that jars, early Jars of Clay stuff, the intent was to make Christian music. Their intent changed over time. And I think it's the intent behind it that changes whether or not you would. I don't think you could look at them as a Christian or secular band. All right. I think you could look at some of their work as directed towards a Christian audience and some not, you know. But at the same time, Jeffrey. what this really was that put up Jeffrey's comment as you're talking, so we could talk about that next. About Skillet? Which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Keep talking. You can look at lots of different artists and say that. I think what this really boils down to is that every generation is going to look at something that the younger generation is doing and say, I never would have done that. It was my parents' parents with Elvis Presley. It was Dungeons and Dragons with the generation before us. It's Harry Potter and some of this stuff like Disney movies with, with us and our parents. I think there's always going to be something that is accepted by up-and-coming parents that their parents, um, some of them, are going to pick and say, you shouldn't do that. It, it's just a cycle. It, it's, it's always going to be something. And Harry Potter is the one that people come on down. But I think what, what people have to look at, like we talked about before, is what are you doing with that with your children? Are you like, here's a movie to enjoy. And by the way, go grab a wand and you too can do magic. And magic is good and great. And Or are you using it as a tool to say, this is a very relatable way that I can share the truths of the gospel with you. And if you see this movie and you know this movie and you know the characters, as you start to mature, I can weave in a little bit of how we're talking about today with you. And you've got an instantly relatable way of understanding some deep truths about the, the Bible. Instantly relatable because it's a movie made for kids, at least in the start it was. And it's just this, this constant cycle of just, well, I think it's bad, therefore it's bad, and wagging the finger and clucking the tongue. It's like, yeah, that's your job. I get it. You're, you're the generation before us. But look at what I'm doing with it. Yeah. I'm not sitting there literally telling my, you don't literally sit, sit Ellie in front of the castle and say, see that star up there. If you wish on that star, all of your dreams are going to come true. Everything you want to have happen will because you have faith, trust and pixie dust. No, you're not telling your child that you're like, Hey, we love coming here because the rides are really awesome. We have a lot of fun. You saw a person in a costume. Let's go home. It's not like you're corrupting their minds with this stuff. You just didn't tithe enough at church. I mean, that's why you're having problems. I mean, if you tithe <laughs> more and prayed a little harder, you know, See? you you too could have all your dreams and desires. Yeah. Sorry so, if you like Joel Osteen. Yeah, no. Yeah, Jeffrey uh, makes a good point here. You know, the skillet. I, I want to talk about skillet. Well, we're still doing. We're, we're yeah. Oh, good. We're still are good. Yeah. Look, it's right there. It's on the screen. Okay. okay. So skillet. I met this band in person. Um, when I worked at Universal, they did a Rock the Universe, and their sound engineer got food poisoning from lunch. And we were there hanging out, and the guy's like, uh, we don't have a sound guy. He's not coming out of the bathroom for a while. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, what kind of board is it? And they're like, why? I'm like, I took a bunch of classes on sound boards because I'm looking to buy a new one for the church. No lie. The guy's like, your turn. Go have fun. And so I sat there and ran sound for practice for them, you know, nice. and it was it was fun. But they were and them then and even to some of their stuff they've done later, they prayed before they started. They prayed for me. Right. Like it was very Christian-y. Now they had some things that I was just like, really? Your underwriter says this? Come on. You're being a bit ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but they're human. Sure. But they've come out and kind of bashed some of the like bands who have like gone against Christianity here recently. I mean, they have some pretty mainstream stuff, but they're very much driving to try to point people to Christianity. Um, their song monster had a radio edit because of the way they screamed monster on the end. Some people got offended and I'm like, I love that song. It's my favorite song. Um, and then Lucy's another one. That's like heartbreaking kid dying. Yeah. Maybe I need to start listening to Skillet. It's been a long um, time. Do with, not, start with Monster Man. It's great. Start with okay. Monster. Um, do not go on Pandora and go to the Skillet radio station. Okay. Whoever created it, it's like just that genre of hard rock, and it goes from like Skillet to Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot explain to you okay. why. Wow. But I can't play it now. Now Fireflight is another it's a christian band that's a female lead singer kind of like skillet not as hard um but the Fireflight pandora station will play skillet and a bunch of other good christian songs whoever created the Fireflight station is much better um yeah. but yeah skillet seems to almost have sold out but their values haven't at least from what i've read and seen um they are a top-notch band and i really really enjoyed hanging out with them and well that's like, does anybody look at our podcast and say they shouldn't listen to it because we had your pastor on a few weeks back. We're talking Christianity today, but then the very next week we talk about something that is totally secular. Maybe right. people say that that's bad. I mean, you never know. I don't who know. thinks that bad? You, you tell me who thinks that's bad. I'll Dave drinks bourbon sometimes on the podcast. Is that, I mean, well, Matt, well, what do you think about that? I don't think that. That's yeah. <laughs> I think he needs to drink bourbon to keep up that personality. That's what I'm thinking. No, this personality is all sober. Oh, that's yeah. that's the scary part. <laughs> all right. So I, I think we've nailed that one to the ground. Are we done? I was having fun. What's oh, next? we're not. At, Matt, we're not what? done. You see that timer up in the left corner? Yeah. Does it say two hours yet? No. Then we're not done. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. I'm having See, a, this is the most fun I've had in a long time. And I don't have to think See? to do it. <laughs> this, look, you make fun of us sometimes for, for doing this. And you're like, oh, y'all little podcast people. y'all." Let's, let's talk about your top five music albums and how many of them were created before I was born. The movie <laughs> albums. Dude, Zero. that was two weeks ago. I don't even I, remember I'm still what I on that. <laughs> you're like, Top Gun. I'm like... I saw Top Gun like two years ago. It came out in 86. I was born in 87. I'm like, yeah, I just don't care. Okay. Wait. Did you see it just to see it before the sequel came out? No. Um, I was flipping through Netflix and I'm like, oh, Top Gun. Oh. I've never seen that. My wife looked at me like I had four heads because she's older than I am. And she's like, we need to watch this right now. And I'm like, okay. Fine. <laughs> Carly. Carly. Carly's my age. I graduated high school with her. She said, Do you need help? 
uh, <laughs> Carly, you, you don't know how right you are. That's a good one, though, because Top Gun has a lot of Christian undertones to it, too. <laughs> I barely liked the movie. I was like, eh. I saw Rain Man yesterday for the first time. I texted what? Dave. I'm like, this is the worst movie I have ever seen. Oh, Please Wapner, come shoot Wapner. me now. Gotta see Wapner. Wapner. Gotta watch Wapner. Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely, definitely 400, 500, 600. Time, time <laughs> the whole time I'm watching that movie, I'm like, I would punch that guy in the face. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's all I can think about. I just want to punch Wow. Wow. I, I, I will re... I will restate Carly's statement here. You need help, Matt. Uh, anyway, Adam, if they want to tell people how stupid Matt's takes are right now, and how great they were at the beginning of the show, but how stupid his take is right now, how would they do me. so? Well, I would share with them that, that stupid is a bad word, and then they should censor yes. themselves and call 650 UAB show. <laughs> Six five zero six five zero UAB show. Spell it out on your keypad. You'll hear a message followed by a beep. Beep. Dave, thank you. Beep. And then leave us a message without the word "stupid" beep. in it. And um, stupid is anything stupid you want to do. You got a question, a hot take, uh, something you just want to talk about, a funny story. Call us on the line. Leave a message. We'll play it one hundred percent of the time, either during that same show or the following week. Or you can hit us up on socials. Dave, how do they do that? So I am at dadams419 on Twitter and Instagram. He is at RuntideRun on both Twitter and Instagram. The show is at NotRelatedBros on Twitter, at UnrelatedBirth on Instagram. Matt, if they want to get into an um, interesting discussion with you, do you have any socials that you would like to give out? I, I don't have Twitter or Instajunk or anything. Good man. Okay. I have well, a Facebook, and you can he, find he me is, on the Unrelated at Birth page. And I promise I probably post that day at least once. At least once. And it's just lately, Ben, that you, you have found that you love being the pot stirrer in the group. I do. And it's sad. Nobody uh, – I, I do it, and I know people like are like, oh, my God, Matt posted again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even care now. I'm just like – there, there was one day last week when you posted like eight things on in like an hour. I was so bored that day. I was like – Program. I think I had to program a BMW and it takes like three hours. And so I was just scrolling through Facebook, like killing three hours of my life going, this will be good at unrelated at birth. Oh, this will get Dave going. I literally post things going, what will get Dave riled up? That's what I think when I'm posting. It's okay. I'm taking, I, I've got my little, little, uh, what's the Xanax? Well, I do take that, but I, I've, I've got my little, uh, essential oils with stress reliever in there. How's that, Christian? Essential oils. Oh, there's yeah. magic in this oil. Hey, so breathe it in deeply. <laughs> so on the WW Today podcast with Logan Seculo and and Terry Weaver and all that guy, those guys, there Matt Lotz uh, is one of the co-hosts, and his wife is the lead singer of Firefly. Our she's Firefly. really cool. Um, they they went from like mainstream. They made it mainstream a couple years ago, and she hated it and like stepped back down. And went like private label. Um, they actually did a very small city concert at Johnson University. It was like twenty bucks a ticket. Me and a buddy of mine, we went. And for twenty five bucks, you could do like a meet and greet. And there was like ten of us, and she's just chilling in a chair. She's like, "Hey, what's up? Welcome." That's cool. Uh, if she's anything like Matt, yeah, you know, Matt's a cool guy. Not you, Matt. 
No, I am not cool. You don't want to hang out with me on Monday through Friday. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I'm trying to $25 to a meet and greet with you, man. Hey, we should charge $25 for a meet and greet with Adam and Dave. It's called a Patreon page. How did they do? How did they join that, Dave? www.patreon.com backslash unrelated at birth. And remember, if we get, what I say? Five more? Let's just call I'll it three, man. Come on. We'll take whatever no. we can get. How about that? Three more I won't sing for a whole month. What's Patreon? That's only two episodes now, though. Yeah. What, Patreon what, is where you can, you know, donate to your favorite podcast or creator. It's basically a creator fund. Because it ain't uh, free. The, the, yeah, this this wonderful This website. quality content ain't free, man. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and also, we are on Facebook, as Matt has alluded to numerous times on the show. Thank you for that, Matt. Uh, welcome. Yeah, Find us on the Unrelated at Birth Facebook listener group. Uh, there is also a new way you can support Dave. I'm now a travel agent. So yay! remember me for all your traveling needs. Particularly during the day, it'll give him a break from the Xbox. Hey! <laughs> My wife's a travel agent, so... Oh, well then, Matt won't... I won't get anything from Matt. Oh, so. conflict. <laughs> conflict of well, interest. Also, our other good friend of the show, John Rogers, is a, a travel agent. So <laughs> we've got a lot of conflict over here. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that that's that's our show. We will still be hanging out after we finish this recording. If you are not hanging with us on Tuesday nights when we record, what's wrong with you? Because you missed a whole tour of Adam's house, a, a, a talk about donuts. I want donuts still. See, oh, I was I was done with that. Now you brought it back to the front, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> virtual paper. Yes, you cutting into your other travel agents' business. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I started it myself. I'm sorry. Uh, I like planning people's trips because I'm that type A. Um, anyway, <laughs> guys, Dave, we said it. Sorry, before you end, we all know you're sitting there refreshing availability so you can plan your own trip. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm a travel agent. I mean, oh, look, let's, let's, go, let's go in November. I see availability. I've just booked my own trip as a travel agent. It's not. It's, and also, I can, I can write off my old trip, my own trips. Product They're knowledge. Built. Their business expenses now. Yeah, that's that's all great and fun until you got to find that file that 1040s for a corporation and find out your accountant gets like nine hundred dollars a year to file that sucker and you're like, <laughs> oh, I just paid my accountant nine hundred dollars to write off three hundred dollars worth of stuff. Gee, that was dumb. Oh, I got a business license for a hundred dollars due. Oh, I have business insurance due. Oh, I really could well, save more money if I would just pay a travel agent to do my trips for me. <laughs> that's why. That's why I did it with a corporation. I don't have to have my own business license. Uh, corporations have to have a license. Saving. His corporation does. Yeah, not me. You're, you're basically a freelance, right? Yeah, basically a freelancer. Uh, so before we close, Dave Jeffrey Martin gave us today. I learned. Oh, yeah. today he learned dunking and sprinkles is not only for donuts. <laughs> now you can close the show. Guys, yeah, that that is the comment of the night right there. Yeah, you well, win every every. every Dave, week, what did he win? He won to be the last comment mentioned <laughs> on the show. Tell him what he wins, Dave. Uh, yeah, every week Jeff Jeffrey has a today I learned. That's his little set. Are you wearing pajama pants, Matt? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wearing pants. <laughs> 
<laughs> my wife asked me if this was on video, and she's like, you might want to put pants on. You never know when you might need to stand up. <laughs> I'm That's running very out of soda. Oh, Lord. Matt, it's 11 o'clock where you're at. How are you still drinking Mountain Dew? Oh, I got like four or five hours worth of paperwork to do. We're, we're golden. When you own a small business, you have paperwork to do all night long. So it is sponsored by Mountain Dew. Not only will it keep you awake and going, but it will keep your mind attentive enough to listen to a podcast as you file paperwork, such as Unrelated at Birth. (laughs) The show is not sponsored by Mountain Dew. Yet. Yet. All right. Anyway. Might be if I'm on it because this is my third can. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Lord. Mountain Dog, man. We love y'all. We say it every week. We truly mean it. Thank you for listening to us. Just ramble. Matt, thank you for, for joining us this time. We'll, we'll definitely have you on again because... See you next week. Same time, same place. Same back we, we have to have a conversation about Calvinism, deep dive, and alcohol and drinking. That, those I, two have to be touched on at some point. I, I will send you an article that shows you how Calvinism is self-refuting and therefore can't work. Oh, <laughs> I'm bringing Paul. I'm bringing my pastor next oh, time. Oh, it's going to be a Calvinism throwdown. <laughs> In this corner... <laughs> Let me end the show. Guys, we love y'all. We'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. Adam, take him home. Yeah, thank you guys uh, for giving us some of your time this week. As always, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Stay safe out there. Be kind to one another, and we will catch you again in two weeks.